Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 11. Hey guys, happy 2020. I'm recording this, well, not this whole episode, but this intro in 2020. It's January 2nd, <laughs> last week. And this episode is the first episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast in 2020. This episode I'm super excited about and super excited to share with you guys because this is with my dear friend Janice and I just love Janice to pieces. She is a dear friend on Instagram. She is at my pelvic floor muscles on Instagram and she talks all about pelvic floor health. Today we dove specifically into sexual health, dealing with your pelvic floor. So this was a really fun episode to record. I was laughing so many times during this episode because she just makes me laugh. But some of the things we go over in regards to sexual health are postpartum sex and how long you should wait, if it should hurt, you know, what should you do if it hurts. And she gives us some good tips for having a pain-free experience. And she talks to us about seeing a pelvic floor health specialist and what that exactly looks like. But yeah, just overall, a really great episode. Very informative, very fun <laughs> to record, like I said. And yeah, she just gives us a lot of great education and a lot of great takeaways regarding public health. If you've ever been interested in what that kind of entails, I feel like so many of us probably struggle with a lot of these issues, but we're afraid to speak up or we kind of get the, oh, you know, that's normal. After you have a baby, you know, things just all of a sudden change and you start peeing your pants all the time. Like, no, that's not normal. <laughs> Needs to be checked out by someone who knows what's exactly what's going on. So yeah, really excited to dive into this episode. Let's get started. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. Hi, Janice. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, Liesl. It is my absolute pleasure. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Can you start by telling listeners just a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. Yes. So I am a physical therapist and I specialize in the pelvic floor. 
I have three teenage children and a supportive husband. I started in this area of physical therapy after the birth of my first son. And I had some issues and I went to a pelvic floor class and it was just a life-changing event. So that's kind of how I started down this path. Cool. Well, awesome. And I guess how old is your oldest one? How long have you been Mm -hmm. doing this? Yes. So he's almost 20. I cannot even believe how fast (laughs) I, and I don't even feel like I'm that old, but clearly if I have an almost 20 year old, that's a junior in college, you know, but yeah, it's been an incredible career. I have a private practice in central Texas. Okay. And then a couple years back, I started, like, I just had a passion to be able to connect with people outside of my physical sphere. Because yeah. no one's heard it, or so many people haven't heard of the pelvic floor and how it can impact your daily life. So I started creating some videos, and then that's just evolved into a company called MyPFM. It's a nonprofit mm-hmm. company, and our mission is pelvic health for all, everyone, everywhere, in every language, trying to that's connect. That's great. Yep. Well, today, I'm sure you guys know what we're going to be talking about, all about (laughs) pelvic floor health. And specifically, we're going to be talking about sex (laughs) and postpartum sex and issues with having sex, you know, after you have a baby. Because I think you would agree with me on this. A lot of people have these issues. And I think one of the main issues, you know, you can agree or disagree is that it's just you're embarrassed. You know, like if you're having issues there, it's like I'm embarrassed to tell somebody about it and get help. (laughs) Exactly. And you kind of have an expectation that you're just going to return to what you were before. And so understanding some of the changes that your body has gone through and then also some of the things that you can do on your own to help. And then also that there's other resources out there to help you. Right. So there's hope and help. That's our point and our message. That's great. Well, cool. Well, what I have done, guys, is Janice did a takeover for me a while back on my Instagram. And I've taken some of those questions that were in that little Q&A box and then just other questions that I've seen as comments kind of on posts that I've done about pelvic floor health. So I've just put a bunch of them together, and we're just going to go over all these topics together. So let's get started with the first question. So the first one is, what exactly happens during pregnancy and during delivery to, to disrupt your sexual health? Right. So let's talk a little bit about pregnancy and some of the anatomy. And for anyone that may never have heard of your pelvic floor, I'm just going to give you a quick visual anatomy. So imagine that your pelvis is like a bowl Mm -hmm. and the bones are the outside of the bowl and your pelvic floor is the bottom of the bowl, literally the floor of your pelvis. Mm -hmm. So what is this pelvis holding during pregnancy? It's Mm -hmm. holding a growing baby, right? And so these pelvic floor muscles have the weight of that baby and all the extra fluids and so forth that accompany a pregnancy. So you have the pressure there. The pelvis also needs to expand, right? And so we can have pelvic pain. Pubic bone pain is very common during pregnancy. Hip pain, leg pain, urinary leakage, Mm -hmm. fatigue, all of these things play a role in sexual health. Because if you're leaking, or you're afraid of leaking, you know, that may deter you from wanting to be intimate. If you're fatigued, who wants to do that? You know, if your pubic bone hurts when you separate your legs, why do I want to separate my legs? Right. Right? So during pregnancy, those are some of the common things that we see. And then during delivery, so whether it was a vaginal delivery or a C-section, 
the pelvic floor needs to stretch up to 250% during labor, okay, Mm -hmm. for a vaginal delivery. So imagine what those muscles have been through. And then sometimes we have tearing, Mm -hmm. small tearing, or sometimes even tearing all the way into the anus. And so Mm -hmm. that also disrupts the actual pelvic floor and that can impact sexual health with the scar tissue and the pain. And then you have as well a cesarean section where a lot of times people think, oh, well, I had a C-section. So my pelvic floor is fine. Well, it may be fine. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It still went through a lot and there is a lot that happens to it. So number one, it still had to carry all of that weight throughout pregnancy. Your pelvis still needed to do the same thing to support. And then sometimes a C-section isn't planned, right? So you may actually have been pushing and that the muscles may have been stretched and so forth. It had some of the same impact of a vaginal delivery, but then you end up with a C-section. Very, very true. Yes. Yes. Good point. I know a lot of people, I think, don't get that, that sometimes you have a C-section when you're 10 centimeters dilated and you've been pushing for three hours. And it's like, yeah, even though the baby didn't come out vaginally, that's your pelvic floor right there. You're, yes. I mean, there's a lot of issues. So sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. I think that was a good point to emphasize yeah. that people just don't realize. And then even with a planned C-section, you know, you're cutting through multiple layers of tissue. Right. And And basically all of those need to heal and you can have, you have fascia in your body. That's kind of like a spider web that connects everything together. Mm -hmm. And so that fascia, when the C-section scar heals, you can have adhesions that can actually pull on the pelvic floor. You can have urinary leakage, even with a C-section, you can have pelvic organ prolapse, even with a C-section. So there's multiple things that can still go wrong with a Mm C-section with your pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. Great points. Yes. Very, very important. There's a lot that goes on that can disrupt (laughs) everything. A lot. Yes. 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 But it's not without hope and help. There's hope and help. Yes, absolutely. And we'll get into that a little bit later. (laughs) All right. So let's go ahead and start talking about postpartum sex. And this was another question that someone had is how long should you wait? And really, is it dependent on whether you had a vaginal delivery or whether you had a C-section? I get this question a lot is, if I had a C-section, I mean, do I really have to wait a long time to have sex? And I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I generally say wait for clearance from your birth provider. Right. So I'm kind of putting it back on the birth provider. Generally in the US, that's going to be around six weeks. Right. Have people had sex before six weeks and they were fine? Yes. Oh, yes. yes. (laughs) So I would encourage you to do a self-check. So Mm -hmm. self-check your perineum. Actually get out a mirror and look at your scar. Is your scar healed? Is it moving around? Are you having any other symptoms? And then the same thing with your C-section scar. So look at your scar. Can you touch it? Can you move it? Mm -hmm. I think healing is the biggest concern. We want to make sure your body is healed before. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I'm going to defer to the birth provider. Good point. Yes. And that is what I always say as well. Make sure you follow <laughs> up with your provider. But yes, obviously people have sex and get pregnant before that six-week mark. They go to their six-week 
appointment and they haven't been breastfeeding and, you know, they've been formula feeding and they get, yeah, they ovulate and they're pregnant. So yeah, obviously it's happens, but yeah, we always say, you know, make sure you go and see your provider and let them clear. Yes. Uh All right. One other thing I think would be helpful to interject here too, is that sex is not necessarily penetrative sex. So in this podcast, that's generally what we're going to refer to is vaginal penetration, right? But there's other types of sex and Hey, if you want to do some other things beforehand, I think that's great for your body. I think that's great too. And (laughs) Hey, if you're into it and you want to do it, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. Good point. (laughs) So let's talk about pain. And this next question is, once you do have sex the first time, after you've gotten cleared and everything's fine, you feel like it's time, should it hurt at all? And what should I do? if it does hurt, if it's very, if it's yeah. So the, sh- the word should is a hard word. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally it wouldn't hurt because there's some things that I'm going to give you, you know, some tips that you can do before that should help prevent pain. Mm-hmm. But if you have pain, that doesn't mean you're abnormal. Okay. Right. But we want to do everything that we can to prevent it. And if you do have pain, I would say, don't just push through it. You know, a lot of times we'll just like, okay, I've got to endure it. My partner hasn't had sex for six weeks and we hit that six week mark and let's just do it regardless of how I'm feeling. No, I think you really need to listen to your body. And if it's not comfortable, communicate that to your partner and find some alternate ways. Yes. And just don't grin and bear it basically. Yeah, good points. I know. And I, I feel so bad when I hear this too, because I get those comments or these DMs of like, oh gosh, I'm in, but like, I'm trying to have sex, but it hurts so much. Yeah. And like, what do I do? Yeah. Well, let's yeah. dive into like the next part of this question is give me your best tips for having yes. a pain-free experience. Yes. Okay. So I have 10, <laughs> I have 10 awesome. tips. Yes. And I have a little video in my IGTV on my pelvic floor muscles that- cool. It's like, I don't know, two or three minutes. So it's very fast. I'm going to give a little more information on each tip here, but it's still going to be a fairly swift explanation. So number one is communication. Mm -hmm. Communicate with your partner. I think that's huge. I'm afraid, you know, this hurts Mm -hmm. that, or this feels good. You know, just be open and don't be afraid to let your partner know what you're experiencing. And then also listen to your partner as well. Mm-hmm. Number two, lubrication. So I think a lot of times people have this concept that if you don't have enough lubrication on your own, that you're not stimulated enough or that yeah, there's, and there's something wrong with yeah, you. Wrong. Right? Yeah. No, lubrication. Do not be afraid of lubrication. And I love coconut oil, mm. but there's other great options out there. So lubrication is your friend. Awesome. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> and then number three is anatomy exploration with mm-hmm. fingers first. So that can, I would suggest that you actually explore yourself first. So either with or without a mirror, you are using your fingers. If you had a perineal tear, you're feeling that tear. How does that feel? And then you're actually inserting your finger into the vaginal canal. Okay, what does that feel like? Can I insert two fingers? Can I press around the walls? Kind of Mm -hmm. thinking about the vaginal canal like a clock Mm -hmm. and pressing the different clock positions Mm -hmm. and then even inserting a little bit deeper. And that's going to give you some confidence as well. So you can do this to yourself and kind of checking out your tissue healing. And hey, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, you know? And then 
once you're with your partner, you can guide your partner and that can be empowering for both of you. Hey, this area I'm worried about, this area feels good, you know, Mm -hmm. and doing a lot of that first. Okay. And so that kind of segues into number four is perineal massage. So the perineum is that smooth area of skin in between your vagina and your anus. And that's where generally you're going to tear or have an episiotomy. Right. And so you're going to have a scar there and scars need to be moved. We need to mobilize the scar. So you can start off with a perineal massage with just on the outside using your finger to just slide back and forth, slide up and down, do Mm -hmm. clockwise circles, counterclockwise. And we're doing this with lubrication again. We're not trying to do this dry. Mm -hmm. And I love to do that in a bathtub. Mm-hmm. So you're in a reclined position, your legs are relaxed, because if you're trying to do this in an upright when you're in the shower and your pelvic floor is part of your core, and so it's turned right. on, that doesn't right. mean you couldn't do this in the shower, but be as relaxed as you can and as private as you can. Yeah, and gravity, <laughs> right? Exactly. Gravity, <laughs> you have all that weight there. Right. And thinking about everything that your tissues just went through. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one, number five, is perineal stretching. So I have a few stretches on my account as well. And any of these that you have more questions about, I'm happy to answer the questions. But mm-hmm. perineal stretching, basically think about a happy baby pose where you're mm-hmm. lying on your back, your legs are kind of spread, and you're stretching that perineum. You're opening up your pelvis. Mm-hmm. Or another way is a butterfly stretch. So sitting and opening up your pelvis that way, or a deep squat. So those mm-hmm. are some ways that you can stretch that perineum and open it up. Basically just thinking about opening it. Love All it. right. Love it. Breathing. Okay, so we're going into this and we're afraid. (laughs) And when we're afraid, we're more likely to be tensed up, right? And more Mm -hmm. anxious. So doing some deep diaphragmatic breathing, the diaphragm and your pelvic floor work together. So when you take a deep breath, your pelvic floor actually relaxes too. Mm That's the ideal scenario. So do some deep diaphragmatic breathing. That's going to help calm your pelvic floor and your nervous system. And it'll probably relax your partner too because Mm -hmm. they're nervous. They don't want to hurt you. Yeah. And use, Mm -hmm. hey, if you learned some breathing in your Lamas or your birth classes, hey, just do that sort of breathing. (laughs) Right? Let it carry over. Yes. Yes. There's multiple areas in life that that can be helpful. Right. Also with postpartum pooping, which might be another Mm -hmm. episode. (laughs) Right. Exactly. That that deserves a whole episode. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That first one. Oh, my word. Yeah. Okay. So then number seven is practice opening your vagina before and during initial penetration. So your pelvic floor wraps around your vaginal opening. Mm -hmm. So I think it's helpful to have a mirror and use that mirror to practice and watch yourself. So practice closing and then practice relaxing and Mm -hmm. see if your muscles are responding and doing what you're telling them to do. And then that can also be empowering for you when you have something being inserted into your vagina, you Mm -hmm. know what your muscles should do. It's muscle memory. So you're Mm -hmm. teaching your muscles what to do. Number eight is mom on top to control the depth Mm -hmm. and the speed. So you may not want to go very deep initially, and you may want to go very slowly initially. And so that's fine. You're in control and you can control the depth and the speed in this position. And it can be empowering for you to be the person that controls that. 
you're in charge, right? You're in charge. Exactly. (laughs) And you're on top. (laughs) Love it. Okay. So number nine, Liesl, I want you to sit on your hands. Oh, okay. (laughs) And anybody out there that's listening, I want you to sit on your hands. So you're going to kind of point your fingertips towards your anus Mm -hmm. and then put your hands under your sit bone. Okay. I'm doing it right now. All right. (laughs) So now I'd like you to, we're going to do two different things. We're going to make two different noises. The first one is we're going to make a high pitched sound like this. Okay. Okay, So let's do it together. Okay. Okay. So you kind of feel what your pelvic floor did there. Yeah. Lift it up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now we're going to do another noise. We're going to do a deep grrr. I feel like it dropped. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. And we didn't even rehearse this. No, we didn't. Honestly, guys, we did it. (laughs) I love it. Yes. So, okay, you might want to warn your partner (laughs) that you're going to be making some noises. And be growling at him. (laughs) They might like the growling. Hey, I love it. We don't want to make the we want to do the grrr. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the grrr is a good noise and it helps to drop that pelvic floor and relax the pelvic floor, which is what we're wanting for that initial penetration or penetration is painful. Love it. <laughs> and then number 10 is see a pelvic therapist if pain persists. Mm-hmm. So these are some self-help tips that you can go through. But if you're still having pain, there's no reason not to see a pelvic therapist. Absolutely. Their access may be an issue. And so when we get to that point, I have some other tips on how you can access one if you don't have one near you. Cool. All right. Well, awesome. One yeah. other little tip here, just if you're not having pain, mm-hmm. a tip to help increase your pleasure and your partner's pleasure mm-hmm. is to actively engage your pelvic floor during penetration and thrusting. So Mm -hmm. basically by squeezing, basically you're doing some Kegels while you're in the act, right? And that can help you to feel more and it can help your partner to feel more because a lot of times we are worried that we're loose. We Mm -hmm. don't feel as much. Mm -hmm. And so that can help on that end as well. Love it. Well, Mm -hmm. those are great tips. I was not expecting the growling, (laughs) but I'm very, I I loved it. I'm going to go home and tell my husband about that. (laughs) Yes. I have to give a shout out for Susan Clinton. So she's the voice and the diaphragm pelvic floor guru. And she's the one that taught me that in general and kind of applied it to sex because it makes sense, right? Yeah. It makes total sense. (laughs) And I mean, I could literally feel it. So it makes total sense. It makes total sense. Well, awesome. Well, that last tip you gave was about seeing a pelvic floor specialist. So that kind of goes into the next question of when exactly should I seek help from a pelvic floor specialist and how do I even go about finding one? Yes. Yes. So we recommend that every postpartum person sees a pelvic therapist. That's great. Now the timeline can vary. So it really depends on you and what your prenatal fitness was and Mm -hmm. what some of your goals are. Generally, I would say most of the time that six week mark where you're cleared for intercourse is a generally a good spot. Mm -hmm. But if you're a very active person and you want to return to exercise earlier, or if you have some specific concerns, 
it's okay to go two or three weeks. So if you're in agony just with walking, mm-hmm. you need to go to a pelvic therapist because we need to help you get your quality of life back. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some pelvis rotation happening or some simple things that we can do to adjust how you're doing things so that you can have a better quality of life at home. Love it. All right. Love it. And then how to find one. So I'm going to point you to our website, mypfm.com, like mypelvicfloormuscles.com. Mm-hmm. And on there, we have links to four free searchable databases. Some of the databases are more for the U.S. and then some include global providers. But basically, you just insert your zip code and your address in there and you can pull up the pelvic therapist that's closest to you and it's a free searchable way to do it. So that's number one. Number two, if you can't access a pelvic therapist for whatever reason, maybe you don't have one in your country or maybe you don't have one within a couple hundred miles of you because it's still a quite a rare specialty Mm-hmm. And sometimes difficult to access if you're not in a bigger metro area. And I think so, it's newer, right? I mean, it's right. not been around for 50 years. I don't. I haven't even looked up stats or anything, but I, no. I mean, I can't imagine it's been around for no. A long, you know, long time. in PT school, we didn't even talk about the pelvic floor. I know that there are pelvic therapists that have been around right, since probably right. the 80s, but right. it has not been well known at all. So right. I went to PT school in the 90s. We didn't even talk about the pelvic floor. Mm. My first baby was born in 1999 and there was Mm -hmm. one little small ad for a course, one course at that Mm. time. So now we have multiple institutions giving pelvic floor training and it's definitely growing, but it's a specialty area and it's difficult to find one. So there are more therapists that are doing virtual consults. And so that's a way that you can connect with a pelvic therapist. Ideally, an in-person visit is best, Mm -hmm. but if you can't access it for whatever reason, a virtual consult is better than not doing anything at all. And we can help a lot. That's great. And do you guys have that on your website as well? Or do you offer that service? Or do you, or how would you go about finding virtual? Let's say you don't have it in your area. We don't offer that at this time. I've been considering making a list of different providers that offer that. So I would definitely say if you want to email me, connect mm-hmm. at mypfm.com. I will give you some recommendations. Cool. At some point, we may offer that service, but at this point, we don't. Yeah, it's a lot. And you probably would get like dozens and dozens of inquiries and have to hire yeah. a lot of people. So it's, yes. you know... There's a lot that would go into that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, cool. Well, that was awesome. So let's move into now. <laughs> the next question is, <laughs> let's say you've gone and made an appointment. You know, awesome. Yay, you. What should I expect a typical visit to look like? And how long does like a treatment mm-hmm. typically last? Mm-hmm. So I have a video on YouTube called Pelvic Floor Basics. It's a 12 to 13 minute video. And it takes you through the anatomy of the pelvic floor. And then it also goes over physical therapy, like the key areas of physical therapy and why you would want to see a physical therapist. So for our clinics in Texas, we like to send that video out with the scheduling email. So they can watch that video in advance. So they have a better idea Mm -hmm. of what the pelvic floor is at least. 
Mm-hmm. And we now have that video in seven languages and it's on YouTube and oh. we have more languages in the work. So that YouTube is my pelvic floor muscles, no spaces. Great. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so back to a typical visit. So we go into the, the visit. It's usually about an hour long and it's a one-on-one time with you and the therapist. If you want to bring someone with you because you feel more comfortable having your partner or your mother or a friend mm-hmm. there, you're totally able to. And a lot of clinics, you can bring your baby too. Yeah. The hard part is once they're mobile. So it, once they're mobile, it's harder to bring them to appointments yeah. because it's harder to keep track of them. But Oh yeah, for sure. Most clinics, especially that are seeing this population, you can bring your baby. So don't worry about that. And a lot of times the therapist may even pick up your baby if they're crying. <laughs> All right. So you're in the visit and I get this question a lot. Will I have to have an internal assessment on the mm-hmm. first visit? And you don't have to. So the therapist is going to get a very detailed history, a birth history, pre-pregnancy history. You know, were you leaking before you even got pregnant? Were you having pain? You know, all kinds of questions, more questions that you could ever envision. So that therapist is going to work with you and do an assessment. And then together you'll develop a treatment plan and goals and see where you want to be. So we're trying to help you achieve and live your best life. The therapist will generally do a postural assessment. So they're going to look at how you're moving. Are your hips even? Mm. Do you have a diastasis? And then, yes, you do take off your pants. <laughs> we can see a lot of things externally. So we're going to look at sensation. We're mm-hmm. going to look at your scar. We're going to look at see, see how you're moving. When you squeeze, like you think you're doing a Kegel, are you actually doing mm. what you should be? Or are you pushing and bearing down? So many people... Like some of the studies say 40 to 50% of people think that they're squeezing correctly, but they're really not. So so interesting. Yes. Yes. So so assessing how you're squeezing your pelvic floor or are you even squeezing your pelvic floor? Are you bearing down? Mm -hmm. Because that's a real big thing that we don't want. When you're squeezing, we want to lift up and in and not push down and out. So that's so interesting. Like I'm doing them right now. I'm like, am I doing them right? I'm, I'm pretty sure I am, but I'm yes. like, oh wow. Like I would have never thought that people just, you know, they say, oh, do your Kegels. It's like, yes, oh, well, so if you're not doing people, them right. Yes. So many people do them wrong. And right. you know, so you don't have to wait for another episode of this. If you want to know if you're doing them right, get a mirror, look mm-hmm. at yourself. And do you see the openings close? Mm-hmm. Then also get your finger and put it inside your vagina. And do you mm-hmm. feel your finger kind of being pulled up and in? Or do you feel it being pushed out? If you feel it being pushed out, you're going the wrong direction. That's so All simple right. to do. So, <laughs> so simple. So much yes. sense. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And make sure you're breathing and that you're not squeezing all your other muscles too, which we like to do as well. Right. That's a couple simple tips there. So we're back to, yeah, we're back to that first visit and we even look at reflexes. So you know how when you go to the doctor, they check your knee reflexes or your arm reflexes Mm -hmm. with a hammer. Well, we do not use a hammer in the pelvic floor. (laughs) (laughs) I would hope not. (laughs) No, we use Q-tips. And so we're looking to see, are your reflexes intact? And that's helping us to determine how well your nervous system is functioning. You know, Mm. did you have nerve damage and that kind of thing? So 
we're looking at function externally and then also internally. So how well do you squeeze? How long? Are there any areas? Because you have multiple muscles that make up the pelvic floor. So are there some muscles that are activating better than others? Do you have overactive pelvic floor muscles? And how long and how many repetitions can you squeeze? And generally, we're going to do that lying down. A lot of times now, we're actually testing standing as well. And we're looking at to see if you have a vaginal bulge. So we're looking in lying down in the lithotomy position. And then we can also do that in standing. So a vaginal bulge is likely an indication of some type of pelvic organ prolapse. Mm -hmm. And so we'll check for that as well. Some therapists also use technology, and I'm a huge fan of technology-assisted pelvic floor muscle training. So it doesn't replace the therapist and the skill of the therapist, but it's a really helpful tool. I love biofeedback. It's a surface EMG. So basically, Mm -hmm. if you think of an EKG and you have these little stickers hooked up to your heart Mm -hmm. and there's cords and you're looking at the monitor and you can see the heart rhythm on the computer screen, it's the same concept, but it's a to the pelvic floor muscles. So you either have stickers that are on the outside around your perineum, or you have a a tampon-like electrode that we insert into the vagina or sometimes into the rectum if we need to, just depending on what's going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then we look at your baseline resting. And then when you squeeze, the graph should go up and you relax and the graph should go down. And we can see your endurance and basically in between contractions, we want the muscle to let go, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and and we want the muscle to have good endurance and then we can do that in multiple positions. And so that's not all on visit one. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I would imagine not. (laughs) Exactly. But that's the concept of Mm -hmm. pelvic floor therapy. And we're trying to retrain your muscles to do the right thing at the right time. Cool. And I, this is just a question that I thought as you were talking, Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of women come in and they're very nervous and they just are squeezing and not relaxed because they're just nervous. Is it a off assessment because you know you think that their things are too tight or yeah. I guess what do you do in that situation? So it varies mm-hmm. on the person. A lot of times, you know, we're doing everything we can to get them as relaxed as possible. Right putting a wedge under their legs so that they're in a relaxed position, working on diaphragmatic breathing. Mm -hmm. That is huge. So generally I would say that we can get them calmed down in the visit. And I can't give you a percentage, but I would say probably up to 10% don't even do anything internally that first visit because Mm -hmm. they're worried. So that's okay. Like we can do the biofeedback externally. We can look at things externally and feel some things externally. So we can do a lot externally, but it doesn't replace the value of what we can feel internally as well. Cool. Cool. Well, good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, great. Awesome. Well, that kind of goes into the next question of this person saying, I am so embarrassed and nervous and scared, and I can't even think about going to a pelvic floor specialist. Like, what do I even do? I know, I know. So I would start with, we are here for you. Mm -hmm. The pelvic floor therapists I've encountered and have met are compassionate, wonderful people that want to help you achieve your best life. And most of us have gone through similar situations, and it may even be why we're specializing in pelvic health. Mm -hmm. That's my personal experience. Mm -hmm. So number one, 
we are here for you. Number two, you can try some of these self-help tips and techniques and getting more familiar with your own body and understanding the anatomy and how it works, I think is empowering. Mm -hmm. And then number three, talking to the pelvic floor therapist. You know, I'm nervous. I don't want to do anything. I don't even want to take off my pants the first visit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't have to. Yeah. We can do some other things. So just being open and communicate. And especially if there's a history of abuse or trauma, that is where you are. And so we are going to do everything that we can within your comfort level to help you. And I think, honestly, just listening to you talk about what a typical you know, treatment looks like or what a typical visit looks like or just following you or other specialists on Instagram or wherever it may be, reading stuff about what you expect. I think a lot of people are just really nervous and scared because they just, you know, they're afraid of the unknown and mm-hmm. and they think it's going to be like, oh God, it's going to hurt so bad and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it's really not, like you said, these people are here to help you. And, you know, once you kind of learn more about what's going to happen, it can be very empowering. And I'm a firm believer in education is power. You know that. <laughs> so yeah, no, I love it. And and let's just, let's give this as an example. So let's say that you're having pain with even my finger being pressed at the entrance of your vagina. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to jam my finger. Right. into your vagina, Okay. So you're having pain. Let's work here and let's give you some tips and tricks to work on at home. And let's see what we can do next visit. So awesome. Well, we only have a couple more questions left guys, but this next question, we're going back to sex. And this person says sex has never really felt great to me, even before I got pregnant. And now that I've had a baby, it's worse and it's painful. And is this something that pelvic floor therapy can help or am I just cursed forever? (laughs) For most people, pelvic floor therapy can help and has amazing Mm -hmm. outcomes. Mm -hmm. I think identifying the cause of what's going on. So Mm -hmm. is it something orthopedic? Is it something with the pelvic floor? Is it something hormonal? Mm -hmm. So pelvic floor therapy may not be the key for every situation, but Mm -hmm. we can help connect you with resources to help identify what that issue is and then helping to address the issue. Or psychological, even. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. So there's so many factors that can play a role in That's pain. a good point. So it might just be maybe that the pelvic floor specialist can't help you, but just going to that visit, they can say, okay, we can rule out that it's not your pelvic floor, but here's where you need to go, you know, maybe to see what's going on. Right. Great or, mm-hmm, and it might be a multidisciplinary team. Mm-hmm. You, have a, you have a somebody working with the hormonal aspect of things. You have somebody right. working with the mental health side of things. You have right. us working with the pelvic health side of things. So we can help connect you. Right. That's great. Yeah. Because sex should feel good. Like it's, you know, you should be happy and you should enjoy sex. And it's so sad to think that there are people, obviously, you know, this Mm -hmm. this person asking the question, they're just enduring it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Don't just endure it. Get help. There's hope. And we will do everything we can to connect you with resources. So great. Well, this is the last question that I have for you, Janice. And I want to know any last tips you have for moms who are struggling with sexual health after pregnancy. Yes, yes, yes. So I have a few tips here. Number one, know that you're not alone. It's not in your head. You know, sometimes, oh, some providers in the past, I'm sure nobody says this anymore, but oh, just drink a glass of wine and read a book and you'll be fine. No, that's offensive. And that is not valuing you. It's just 
So know that it's not in your head. You don't have to grin and bear it or just endure it. There is hope and help and we want to help you. Move your scars. So whether you had a episiotomy, a tear or a C-section, you had disruption in your tissue and it needs to move. So mm-hmm. make sure that they're moving. Support your pelvic floor. I think this again is another entire podcast, but right. supporting that pelvic floor that has done so much for you. I think we are putting too much demand on it too soon and not supporting it. So we see a lot about belly support, Mm -hmm. which is great, but you don't see a whole lot about perineal support postpartum. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. perineal support, pelvic floor muscle training. We need the pelvic floor to do the right thing at the right time. So it should contract correctly, relax completely, and then be active at the right times. So we want it to be active during sex when it's not painful and it can help increase sensation and pleasure for you and your partner. And the pelvic floor actually automatically is designed to rhythmically contract during orgasm. So Mm -hmm. yay, that's fabulous. Mm -hmm. Then the last one is be relaxed at the right time. So we need it to be relaxed and not engaged during penetration. So if your pelvic floor is really tight, it's going to be difficult to insert anything into the vaginal canal. And then lastly, just get help. So get help. There's hope. Lots of resources out there. And I am happy to answer any questions that I can and connect you with any resources that I can. That is so great. That is so wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I know you are in the social space as I am because <laughs> you've talked a little bit You're about your website. Hero. You Yay. are my hero. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so can you just quickly remind listeners where they can find you on social media and on the internet? Yes, absolutely. So I have an Instagram account called My Pelvic Floor Muscles. There's no dots, no underscores, just My Pelvic Floor Muscles. Uh-huh. YouTube channel is the same, My Pelvic Floor Muscles, no spaces. Website is also mypelvicfloormuscles.com or it could be mypfm.com. And email is connect at mypfm.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much again, Janice, for joining me today. I, I feel like this was a wealth of knowledge that we can share with my audience. Oh, it's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for everything that you're doing to educate. And you are just really a trailblazer. So I appreciate you. And I appreciate you as a person too. Well, thank you. (laughs) Are you looking for birth education? Did you know that I have two fabulous birth courses that are super affordable? Well, I do. Head over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast to take a short quiz to see which birth class is for you. When you purchase either birth course, you'll have full access to it forever. And that means it will never expire and you can access it throughout any stage of your pregnancy or for any subsequent pregnancies that you have. You'll also gain free access to my Facebook group, linked to the class where you can ask questions about your pregnancy, share your birth story after you give birth, read other people's birth stories, and get to know other members who are in the course. There is also a money back guarantee. So if you are at all unsatisfied with your purchase, please, please send me an email at hello at mommylaborers.com for a full refund. There's really no risk to signing up, and I promise you will learn a ton about what's to come when you give birth. As a listener of this podcast, you automatically get 20% off any purchase if you use the code PODCASTLISTENER. I've had tons of moms just like you 
enter these birth courses and have fabulous, wonderful, empowering births because they feel so much more educated about what's to happen. So if you are at all curious about birth education, again, I encourage you to go to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast and use the code podcast listener to save 20%. All right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.